Welcome back to the five, five minutes of courage, faith, challenge you to think, and today's topic is on the cross. When we come to the cross, John Piper says this, the cross is the blazing center of the glory of God. I think he's right, because at the cross you see so many characteristics of God come together. We see the love of God. We see the justice of God, the holiness of God, the kindness of God, the forgiveness of God, the wrath of God, you name it. We see God on display on the cross, and it's tempting to view the cross as some sort of defeat, right? That Jesus was defeated on the cross. He was crucified. Now, the way to get away from that kind of thinking is to consider the build up to the cross. So go back with me for a second to Genesis chapter 3. And may they eat the fruit, sin comes into the world, and God says three things. Where are you? Who told you you were naked? And I'm gonna kill that snake. Here he's not, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna send an offspring through the woman who's going to crush the head of the snake. And he says this, he will, Jesus, he will crush his head, but the snake's gonna bruise his heel. So from the very beginning, you see, it's always going to be victory through suffering, victory through pain. And you fast forward the actual event of the cross and you see what Dave Carson calls this divine irony. See a few things. You see that the one whom Pilate finds guiltless is taking our guilt. Remember this? Pilate says, I find no guilt in this man. Well, that is God's pronouncement on Jesus. He was perfect. And because he was perfect, he's taking your guilt. So that then you and I can stand before a holy God and then he can say to us, I find no guilt in this man. He can say to you, I find no guilt in this woman. But then also, the one who seems helpless on the cross is helping us. Remember this, where they said, he helped others, can he help himself? He, he seems like he is helpless, but in reality, he could have called legions of angels to help him, but he didn't. Why? Because he is fully embracing a Philippians 2, 3-4 mindset, that he is counting the interest of others as more significant than himself. The one who seems helpless, he's actually helping us. But then lastly, get this. The one who's mocked as king, he's actually the king. You remember this? They give him a crown of thorns on his head, they give him a staff in his hand, and they say, Hail, King of the Jews. And even still, Pilate will write a sign that says, Here is Jesus, King of the Jews. Now that that statement is too narrow. He's not just King Jesus, he is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But the the irony is this: that as they mock him by calling him king, he actually is the king. And that little statement that Pilate wrote in three different languages will one day be announced in every language. Jesus Christ is king. You take a step back, you think about the significance of the cross, you think about this. The cross is God's yes to the world. Does God care? Yes, look at the cross. Does God love sinners? Yes, look at the cross. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. This is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. The cross is God's yes to the world, but also the cross is God's no to the world. Will God sit idly by as sin and evil and death run roughshod on his world? The answer is no, look at the cross. And so consequently, the cross is also our yes and our no to the world. Do we have good news for sinners? Yes, the cross. Will Christians sit idly by as sin and evil and pain run rampant in the world? No, because the cross teaches us how to feel about the cross. So the cross, what is it? It is the blazing center of the glory of God because in it you see the love of the Father and it's shown through the sacrifice of the Son and all of it is bound up and empowered by the Holy Spirit of God. The cross. My time, for next week, and I'll see you then.